0: gravity falls creep into the non-animated world this is the gravity bros podcast i'm alec and i am joined not only by my brother lou well yes only by my brother lou oh i was gonna say he is not only that did you know it audience also the love god matchmaker oh extraordinaire right no, over here no, that's not a title. Uh-uh. Nope. it's the title
1: it's the title
0: uh, uh do you, I'm do
1: not you have
0: any, that. <laughs> any secrets that you're ready to share with the audience today uh oh, about ways to make
1: secrets? People... No secrets unfortunately but you could ask me any questions if you talk to me.
0: <laughs> All right. I feel like that's probably the best advice we can get. Uh that's okay, Lou. Not everybody can be the love god from Gravity Falls. Uh you know, I guess they take different names and shapes in different universes.
1: I can't wait. I I hope we're I hope we've got cherub on our list for uh things today.
0: Oh yeah. Uh we're yeah. definitely gonna discuss uh cherub, which by the way, I didn't actually know a cherub was the name of these Cupid like creatures from yeah. mythology. That that was actually news to me seeing this episode
1: see that's one thing i liked about this show and love about this show is i mean you're well more well versed in a lot of this cryptid stuff but imagine how often people have that experience from learning something about a different creature on this show
0: oh yeah so true and that's a literal name that they used it's not like the loch ness monster where they can't use it for trademark reasons Um, is there
1: actually a trademark for the loch ness monster
0: I think so. Uh, I there are oh a God. lot of works of fiction that have definitely leaned away from using Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster specifically. Scooby Doo has gotten away with it, but that's because well, yeah. they they made the entire movie Scooby Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. It's a lot harder if you're just putting it in the content.
1: Um, really? Are you sure it's not just artists wanting to not just like copy a thing?
0: I honestly, I, I would
1: be like very that's more likely. I mean, it's also regional, right? Because it's not like Gravity Falls is going to have the Loch Ness Monster because Loch Ness is, you know, like Irish uh, or Scottish slang. Sure, sure. But, uh, you know,
0: still, we didn't get Chupacabra, Bigfoot. I don't know. There's a lot of ways that they could have gone about it. And I feel like if there's a name of a creature, like if it has a name, you don't see it. But if it is a type of creature, like a cherub, then that's acceptable.
1: That's fair. That might just be a regional thing, too, though. Because, like, Chupacabra is a different... It's just not in Oregon. is They've got to have a Bigfoot reference in Gravity Falls. Reference? Yeah, but
0: I don't believe that Bigfoot is ever named in the series.
1: Or in the... Come on, Bigfoot's got to be in the, in the book, though, right?
0: Different rules in the book, though. Uh, oh. And, honestly, probably. At least... Some like, even if it's not yeah. an entry, I would have to think that at least it's yeah, one.
1: I don't remember offhand. I hate to say, I, I, but I feel like I have a vague memory of reading something about Bigfoot in there. But you're so, right, maybe it was just done through reference. There's definitely nothing on the long, not Loch Ness Monster in there. Well, the this Gobble episode, wonker.
0: yeah, this episode did not have the Gobble wonker it did not have any kind of Bigfoot, but it did have the Love God, and we're gonna get into it. Uh, yeah. but I do want to just quickly say, uh we had a little bit of a, of a break. The last episode that you all saw in the Gravity Bros feed was the first episode of our new podcast called Expedition Cartoon. Uh, and that's an idea that I'm really excited about where every episode we go to a cartoon world and talk about whether that is a good or bad world to live in if we had to move there. Which has been a lot of fun so far. We're two episodes in. Uh, we were able to release it. When Lou and I actually went to the Washington State SummerCon, we had a booth there and had an amazing time getting to talk to so many awesome cartoon fans. Um, if that is anybody that, or I guess if you are somebody that we met there and you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. Happy to have you aboard because uh, I, I did feel like there were a lot of people who seemed really interested in the cartoon theater and the different things that we do here. So keep an eye on the YouTube channel for more content coming about coming up about that. Uh, I also was dressed as Dipper for one full day of the convention, and I uh, had lots of fun. Gravity Falls fans uh, come up, some with really awesome cosplays. Uh, yeah. So I'm having a wanted. blast.
1: Uh, I'm having a blast editing that video right now. It's going to come out really nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I was just excited to share that because it was a cool opportunity that we had, and uh, the Gravity Falls community is awesome. Is what I wanted to say. Woo! So, with all of that said. In we go to the recap of this episode, and for our cold open, we get Wendy and a group of teenage friends pointing at clouds with Dipper and Mabel. Uh, Mabel notices a heart-shaped balloon in the sky, and Wendy says, Oh man, it's the Woodstick Festival, the annual outdoor concert of Oregon's up-and-coming indie bands.
1: Uh, you know what I hated about this is I felt like they made fun of it the whole time, and I'm like, honestly, I'd probably really love going to something like this, unironically.
0: That is interesting. In fact, I feel like teenagers were attacked today. There was a crime committed by the writers of Gravity Falls. They went after the entire teenage mentality, their you know, taste, everything gotta, they love.
1: I gotta be honest, man. Age-based humor just doesn't hit with me. You know, I I feel like no matter how old I get, I'm just going to be like, oh, oh, you're from a different generation and you don't relate to people who are of a different... Oh my God, you're making a... I get it. You're from a different place. Your culturally relative perspective is not reaching far enough into people that you don't hang out with. It's great. I don't care.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I will say, I kind of agree with you. I did have different (laughs) takeaways where you know, they were really just going after oh, teenagers have bad taste in music and all of these things. And I'm like, you know what? It really is relative. This isn't something that I'm necessarily jiving with. However...
1: Yeah, people just comment on, like, popular internet culture is what what they mean when they say that, which is always going to be bad no matter what demographic it is.
0: They do. And I'm sure it gets a lot of laughs from a lot of people. You know, not everybody thinks about it as hard as we do. Of course. Uh, (laughs) that said, the humor that did land for me this episode was, I think, some of the best in the entire show. There were some really standout moments uh you know and jokes that had me on the floor
1: i will say I-, I started writing in the first half of this episode that i was like ah oh, this one's a pretty lowbrow episode i'm not having and then like towards the second half i definitely started also getting hit really hard with some hilarious moments so we'll get into that <laughs> yeah
0: definitely so we've got a couple indie bands that are coming to this concert we have scarves indoor we have wood grain on everything and we have the Love God. Great artist names. Did you have a favorite?
1: I mean, wood grain on everything reminds me of fun times, so I like that one.
0: Oh, see, I like scarves indoor, uh, just because I feel like it's making fun of the hipster yeah. scene, which is a music scene that I actually listen to a lot. Uh, so, yeah,
1: that's see. I guess maybe it's kind of going for a scene that I was never really a part of, you know? Yeah. So I just it. it's it's a thing that I never got super into, so I'm not like passionate about it. But if somebody invited me to go to that festival, I would go and probably have a very good time.
0: Sure. It seemed like uh, it was a good time. Uh, Dipper, he had never been to an actual concert. And uh, Wendy's like, okay, well, like, you're in with us. So let's do this.
1: Um, Which is awesome.
0: It is awesome. And I actually really like that uh, Dipper does not seem to be infatuated with Wendy anymore. They're just kind of having a cool friendship where Dipper is learning some social norms from friends that are a little bit older than him. And you know what? I actually as a fun summer like experience that he's having i sort of love that for him
1: you know i feel like it's the most like it he makes sense to me hanging out with this group of people too like as a kid trying to impress an an older group of friends that he's trying to hang out with like it felt really it felt much more organic to me than it's felt in the past and i really liked that
0: yeah i agree with you uh However, there's a noise coming from a nearby cemetery. Uh, A
1: noise, a noise, annoying, very close. Very close, those two things.
0: Yeah, and uh, I would argue that this was, in fact, an annoying noise. Um, Uh, Dipper. Robbie. (laughs) Dipper says, hey, Thompson, go look. Uh, Thompson, of course, being the poor friend in this group that is just the one that gets picked on is the butt of every joke. Again, I've been there, Thompson. You play the role well. Uh, oh and gosh. everybody is like, yes, uh, I think, um, one of them <laughs> is like, yeah, nice.
1: I was going to bring up commentary about not dissing on your friends like that.
0: Well, I've got more to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even Nate, Nate, one of the teenagers is like, ha nice use of
1: Thompson. I know um, they literally are saying they're using him. I'm so sad for Thompson. Thompson, find nicer friends.
0: But Thompson also loves it like i don't know oh my god
1: that's so bad
0: it's complicated here's the thing i'm gonna relate (laughs) to this in a way that i know that you won't i Um, okay Okay. there are such things as people who are extremely happy and willing to serve this role in a friend group and it does not affect them emotionally and i do think that maybe they push it too hard on thompson i'm not i've never been in a situation quite like him but like it's an exaggerated version of uh you know like your friend gets one word wrong and suddenly everybody jokes about the time that you got that word wrong for the next 50 years of your life. I find it a little charming.
1: I don't know, man. I feel like in a lot of friend groups everybody just kind of ends up dissing on one poor guy because they're like a little bit more neurodivergent than everyone else. And that's more the vibe that I was getting. And I'm like, "Ugh, I hate that."
0: <laughs> yeah. And to, I I sometimes do hate it too. I think that it's very circumstantial. Um Again, they're definitely too hard on Thompson here. Uh, they're nudging him forward as they chant, gaze upon death. We see him approach an open grave. He screams! And that's the end of our cold open. What did you think was happening here, unless you remembered it from the first time you watched?
1: Um, I I didn't honestly think about it too hard. I just kind of assumed it was going to be so... I, I knew that it wasn't like... I mean, we knew that it's not a zombie or anything. You know what yeah. I mean? So I knew we weren't going to get misled with anything like that. So I remembered it being not like the monster of the episode, but I didn't fully remember that it was going to be a teenager, even worse.
0: Yes, because as it turns out, it's Robbie. Uh, They say creepier than they expected, I believe. Um, He's crying about Wendy still from inside a grave. It has been a long time since they broke up, at least seemingly from the canon that we're seeing. It is all taking place over one summer, but it's been a bit. Um, He tries to act chill. friends say that they haven't seen him in like a million years so we're given this context that oh dude you have not hung out with us for a while Um, Yeah, he's out of touch right Wendy says it's so sweet that you throw yourself in a grave for me but it's
1: time to move on
0: weird line
1: i mean that's kind of fair though because you know a lot of times people in their heads when they're being dramatic like that they think they're being super sweet like oh i care so much
0: yeah, I guess so, but like, oh, it's nice that you'd throw yourself in a grave, but <laughs> it's like, I oh, know, it's nice it's like that you would you, take you your t- life for me,
1: but- Yeah, well, I mean, take a <laughs> bullet for someone else is a is a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, weird to me. Even so, uh, Tambry- Oh, but you're fine with picking on the fat kid in the group of friends. <laughs> Hold on,
0: I'm the skinny kid in the group of friends, so- wow. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's I have still, a one to one still problematic with situation. No, listen. Todd is not treated well. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just playing. I know you know that.
0: <laughs> I uh I again, it's just I'm somebody who likes making people laugh in a role and I don't know. It there are friends who will not respect you, right? And that's the stuff you don't want to be involved with. But there's also friends that it, I feel like it's consensual that they understand uh that, yeah. oh, we're making fun of each other together. It's cheeky. And the, the context of that is very important. And it's not always the same. So I'm very not scary. saying that those situations are always healthier that uh, everybody should gladly open up to being that person in a group because i think it takes a special personality type yeah
1: i was bullied as a kid so whenever i was approached with that kind of humor from people i was just immediately very aggressively defensive so check with your friends before you just casually approach them with that perspective because it might piss some people off a lot (laughs) true so tambory says the
0: cemetery used to be fun but now it's just depressing (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, that is a great Ron- line by the way i like i thought i paused and thought about that line for a second because i'm like is there subtext there is that just a surface level funny joke or is there supposed to be like you know some like irony there Because I, I i mean i know you've never hung out in graveyards but i definitely was one of those people to go hang out in a graveyard and i sure. definitely do see the irony of wanting to hang out there less as you get older
0: <laughs> uh i guess so <laughs> okay i see what you're saying. Uh, also, I feel like is there not something like questionable about going to a graveyard to hang out? Like, it, like I, mean, I, I don't
1: know. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I did just,
0: it. I know, but I've always thought like there's something disrespectful about that a little bit. Not to call you know. that. I mean, I, just, I don't uh...
1: think that a 16 year old taking punk pictures in a graveyard is thinking about it that way. Not that you're oh, not right, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when, I, you're, I, when you're when you're a kid. I don't think people are thinking too hard about it. Also, usually the bodies aren't even in those graves. Sure. And Tambry fits the role well, as far as the punk kid going to a
0: graveyard to hang out. So I do find it hysterical.
1: Um, That is pretty true.
0: Yeah, anyway, Robbie shovels dirt onto his own head, sadly. Uh, Mabel feels like he's suffering and is like, how can I be happy if I know someone else is sad? And pulls out her chart of everybody and their happiness level. And I
1: related to this on a level that I was not proud of. I was ready for you. I was very ready to talk about this when I saw Mabel pull out that sheet. I mean, look, I definitely understand both perspectives of help your friends, but don't get involved at the same time. And I think that every situation is different. And finding that healthy, reasonable medium has a lot to do with how close you are to that person. And like you know, how, how, you know, like figuring out the situation has a lot to do with this. And I don't think they talk about that enough, but that's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dipper says, Hey, bad idea to get involved with this. And also says, we have a good social balance right now. Implying, you know, we don't need Robbie back. Um,
1: yeah. We, we just... don't want them to get over, over this thing. Like, do we want like angry Robbie hanging out with us again? No, 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 we don't. And you know, it's, it's valid perspective. <laughs> I thought about this. I I think that it's important. I don't don't like, because look, I've had, I I think that it's more helpful for you to, instead of disowning people you disagree with that are close to you, owning up to them and trying to like, get them on the right page. You know what I mean?
0: I do think that's the better approach,
1: but I couldn't help but also kind of get
0: it. Sometimes it just feels like the path of least resistance, you know? Totally.
1: I I think that it's important to take responsibility for the people that you uh, associate with.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, so, Mabel, in the, in this case, I feel like she has not learned a lesson that keeps happening in the show.
1: That is which, also very true.
0: <laughs> and in some ways, it almost feels
1: like, okay, Gravity Falls has a lot going for it, but are you growing as a character here? Like, the plot is moving. Whoa. Called out. Honestly, I kind of agree with you. I do think that is one of the weaker elements of this show that is potentially stronger in something like Owl House, just to make a crude, a pretty a direct comparison. Yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't hate it that much, but it is like, okay, we're doing, we're going through this again. Uh, Mabel's yeah. gonna try to help somebody, and it's not gonna go well.
1: Honestly, I do think maybe my biggest problem with Gravity Falls, if I were to have one, is that Mabel doesn't actually grow very much as a character, specifically.
0: Yeah, I would say that by the end, she definitely has growth, but it accelerates. That's um, yeah, that's fair. And, uh, yeah, maybe may, may a little bit lazy, but again, there were things that I liked about this episode enough to forgive it. Um, well, uh, back at the Mystery Shack. This Mabel is an oddly
1: said, controversial episode in my head, so let's get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mabel says to Wendy at the Mystery Shack that Robbie just needs a new girl. That's gonna fix it. Um... And spoiler alert, that is sort of the story that we get, which is also questionable. Um, you know, don't love yourself first.
1: No. Wow, that's pretty it's funny. Like, You're right. They definitely make fun of Mabel for like having that perspective. But then that, that is kind of where it goes. That's so funny.
0: Yeah, the path matters. Like the journey that we get there, I do think adds context. But
1: I think uh, that makes it even worse, to be honest.
0: Maybe. I, uh, I think that's the worst part of this whole thing. Right. All right, we'll, well get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wendy says it's not that easy, uh, which she's right. Uh, she's but Mabel right. says she's never had an unhappy person with her matchmaking services. False. Uh, and I'm sure this is false. She only uses two examples, Seuss and Melody. True, but even that wasn't really Mabel's matchmaking. It was circumstantial.
1: Yeah, and- that kind of happened after the whole video game meltdown situation. And I would also like to point out that, complete side tangent, in the background of that scene where we see Zeus talking to Melody, which is adorable, there's, like, a mermaid zombie in a tank in the background. It's really cool. Great catch.
0: I didn't see it. I was too busy taking notes. I I was like, oh, that's, I
1: paused. I was like, wait, what is that? Oh, that looks crazy. Yeah, so the Mystery Shack has, I'm sure it's fake, but the Mystery Shack has some weird mermaid monster.
0: (laughs) Okay, I love that. Um, Waddles and Goppers, who we learn is the name of the goat. I didn't
1: remember that the goat had a name until Yo, this episode. I, I didn't know that either. A the, the uh, lot of animal-based marriages in this in this show.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not going to think too hard about that. I, but, I, uh, I think I'll leave that one there, yeah. Yeah, the, the pig and the goat are, in fact, taped together and apparently are in a, some kind of a relationship, according to Mabel. Uh, so see her success rate's 100%, obviously. Uh, yeah,
1: two for... Uh, we won't
0: talk about that second number. Right. Wendy says that Robbie is a hopeless case, which makes Mabel more excited, of course. Of course. Uh, I don't know if this is intentional, but we flashed to Stan immediately outside, and I don't know if they were trying to imply huh. hopeless case right here.
1: Didn't she try to help him hook up with somebody? Isn't he someone that, like, she totally did not help?
0: Well, she got him a date with Lazy Susan, kind of, but What's then it going? didn't work out at all. So yeah. I would call that a failure. I would call that a failure. So anyway, we flash to Stan outside, and he sees folk music and hot air balloons. Oh no, it's the Woodstick Festival, uh, which does not jive with Grunkle Stan. He gets ready to take some hot air
1: balloons down with a crossbow. I was going to say, like, why are we, like, shooting at hippies? This is not my vibe. Why? I don't get it. I mean, I do get it. I mean, I know why people, I know that people like that exist. I don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> it is a reminder.
0: Drunkle Stan is not a hippie. It's oh, I am a, I'm aware of that. He sometimes behaves in ways where you would think he totally is that energy, and then you remember. What? But his, no way. You don't think so at all? No, he's like a
1: gangster, dude.
0: I guess, well, I mean more like (laughs) in his past when we see young Stan. But maybe, yeah, maybe he's never been that way. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: I think there's, like, one scene where he's in that, like, 70s outfit on a dance floor and he looks really fly, but I don't think he... Maybe there's, like, one where they joke about him being a hippie, too.
0: It feels like there was context there in my memory, but it ultimately it is true that the version of Grungle Stan we have right now is the type of person to
1: take down a hippie with a crossbow. Uh, So... Actually, that's just, a good point. If he was a hippie in the past, that's so extra questionable.
0: Right? It, listen, or maybe there's it's a lot based. of questions.
1: No, I'm just, just kidding. What? I said maybe it's based. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, based that's in no some man. actual truth. I'm just kidding. I don't mean that.
0: So, yeah, it's Woodstick. And uh, Seuss has a good idea. Seuss is like, hey, man, like don't take these down with a crossbow. Like You should appeal to the youth. They can be your customers. Which, actually, pretty savvy from Seuss. I would say. He's learning the ropes from Grungle Stan a little bit. Well, I mean,
1: also, like, that's just an intelligent marketing decision.
0: It's true, but Stan doesn't know how to relate to young people. He's like, well, they're into hot air balloons. Puts a thought in his head as we put a pit in that and come back to it later. The hot air balloon. I'm, I'll save it. I'll save it.
1: Oh my God. Uh, I forgot Mabel- about that entire thing until that until the next part of it happens. Anyway, Mabel. Right. Mabel approaches
0: Robbie's door with a plan to help him. We get this spooky music, this haunted-looking house, and and uh, a doorbell that sounds like this creepy organ, and we see Robbie's parents. And they seem very, very nice and normal, despite all of this exterior. Um, You know, Mabel's shocked. She's like, I thought Robbie was raised by sad wolves. And they're like, oh, Robbie doesn't like to talk about us. They say we're too cheerful for funeral directors.
1: Yeah, I definitely like, like stopped drinking my coffee for a second when I heard that one because I forgot all about that. And I'm like, oh, hey, Gravity Falls. Now, remember the part of the episode where I said I like stopped getting bored? Once we started making funeral jokes, that's when I started being like, okay, what is this episode? This is crazy.
0: And it does get weird because uh, Robbie's mom downstairs asked Mabel, oh, could you take Robbie's lunch to him? We just want to make sure he gets it. And- after Mabel's gone, they're like, you know who'd look cute in a sweater like hers? Mrs. Grableson's remains.
1: Dude, my jaw dropped. I was like, I was not ready for this. You know, I It was super funny, but, you know, I also wanted to go and, like, watch a YouTube video about people who work in, like, funeral houses and be like, t- like, be honest. D- did that hit? Did that joke hit? Like, was that funny? You know what I mean? Oh, actually, so. I'll bet it was. That? I'll bet it was really funny.
0: I know someone that is, and I would be curious to ask them. They probably... <laughs> Can you watch this episode and tell me if this is funny? That, honestly,
1: um, it sounded like something to people who actually owned a family funeral home. that, Like, that sounded like a real joke, you know what I mean? I don't know if that's actually true, having not been in the cultural context, but that sounded like a real joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do know, and I'll tell you this about the one funeral director that I know, is that they've told <laughs> me, they have a lot of... Uh, reverence for what they do and they see it as like a beautiful way to help people like celebrate their life and, oh that's uh, nice i hope most yeah, people have
1: that perspective
0: they have such a healthy great perspective on it. i'm like you are the perfect person to be helping people through these hard times um but i am curious what they you think th- about these
1: jokes do you think they'd make a bad joke about it like every once in a while um
0: hour?
1: Honestly, I don't know them well enough to say. You know, I, it's hard because if you don't have like the top
0: comfort level people, you don't necessarily know the jokes they'd be willing to make or not.
1: Or what um, if that's like an actually real thought they'd have? Like, oh shoot, we need to dress up this body for their funeral, and that sweater would look really good on it. So that's a good,
0: it's, you it's know what I mean. That
1: way, yeah. yeah honestly, I'm like, honestly, maybe that is just a good maybe they do need to dress someone up, and that is a good idea. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Here, well, we will get back to the funeral directors. They come back again. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. Uh, Mabel's upstairs, and she walks past this hallway of pictures of Robbie's childhood as he gets just progressively less happy of a kid and more angsty. It's actually, like, pretty sad. And the last picture is, like, really intense. Do you feel that?
1: I don't know. I feel like that's a a lot of people's family pictures growing up.
0: Yeah, maybe. And maybe it's just playing on that, right? It's like, oh, teenagers just get angsty, and that's...
1: Well, I mean... I think there's some truth to that. I think there's also some truth to like certain teenagers having a rougher time of it than others and it making them extra depressed.
0: Yeah, I think that's true.
1: I don't know if Uh, Robbie's, Robbie's not played as one of those people. They kind of just play him as someone who's depressed for no reason, which I also kind of hate to be honest. Uh, Right. We do
0: get complexity from Robbie here, actually. I liked this. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Because people walks in the room. Yeah, yeah, I think so. (laughs) So let me talk it through. Uh he says, "Hey, I don't want to see anyone in the Pines family because your brother ruined my life." Which is obviously very dramatic. Um, he has a
1: dartboard with his face on it. Listen, Look, and I'm it not says saying... die. It says die three times. I'm like, "Jesus Christ." That's he might crazy. Have just
0: like the balloon later on. Maybe he just tried to spell dipper and a few letters fell off.
1: Yeah, or he popped.
0: Well, I <laughs> this is not good obviously maybe it's a little bit of an intense reaction i do think it's kind of funny because it does play to this oh my god i'm a teenager and it's the end of the world because this girl doesn't love me anymore and it's not like any of us could have had that thought as a as an adolescent i would say i don't think that's like a crazy not relatable thing
1: uh Um, i mean
0: his reaction is too far no doubt i'm not saying everybody reacts that way I, is, I, I
1: would understand that feeling, but not for very long, personally. But I guess sure. I could see someone dwelling on it.
0: Well, here's where I actually think that we see some humanity from Robbie. So Mabel offers uh, to help him fix this situation. She says, look, I've always seen you as a human version of rat poison. He says, go on. <laughs> and she says, but then I realize you weren't a bad guy. You're just a heartbroken soul who needs love. And they kind of zoom in on his face on the side, and you almost see that hit his heart. Like, I am just a heartbroken soul. He doesn't want to be a bad guy.
1: Sure. I mean, there's questions about how he became, I mean, because he wasn't always heartbroken. But Uh, needing love is maybe something that that's a thing. We don't know. Seems like his parents are pretty nice, though.
0: right. Uh, again, complicated, because sometimes, like, we got the parents that are really nice on the surface, but are they actually,
1: like... I mean, I guess they don't dig into that. I guess we can just assume that they're secretly really abusive. <laughs> what? I didn't want to just make the assumption. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That's not funny. I'm not sorry. That's not funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean... it's just that we get a very small picture and we do get some pictures of the parents saying some things that are questionable so we don't know
1: that's a good Uh, point actually
0: and uh he sort of agrees to let mabel help him he's like if i say yes will you leave my room so it's his way of being like i agree to this but i want to still act tough and pretend like i don't actually care um and back at the shack we get mabel with a model of gravity fall citizens and is like okay who wants to go out with Robbie?" Mabel is kind of playing with these things that look like voodoo dolls. At first, I thought that's what they were. Uh, Like, Lazy Susan is too old. Grenda's too young. I'm going to put multi-bear in the maybe pile.
1: That is the one thing I did have something to note about, just because they happen to actually say that multi-bear is in the the maybe pile, and you and I commented on multi-bear potentially being attractive to you specifically.
0: So... Okay, it was not the
1: multi-bear. I was going to say, in Centaur World, not exactly the multi- Was it the- It was, uh...
0: It was- I thought it was the Claymation Cyclops from the Claymation episode, and this came up on a Twitch stream. If I'm thinking of the same thing that you
1: are. Maybe it it was that. You're right. I I was thinking that it was the bear from Centaur. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're definitely right.
0: Yes, and now that you've put this out there, I obviously need to give some context here. So, uh... (laughs) I think for some reason it was the question was posed. It's like, oh man, like would you date a cyclops? And rather than just shut this down immediately, I said, "Hmm, would I date uh, no, a cyclops?" It, was, it well, was on
1: our it was on our Gravity Falls monster tier list, and the cyclops came up, and we were talking about like who would win in a fight. It was just one of our early streams, and we were trying something out, and somebody in chat said, "Like, would you date this char- ex character?" And we did still talk about multi-bear in the same, ch- yes. in the same conversation in the same
0: stream. That is true.
1: Yeah. So I was correct. And and you did say maybe to multi-bear.
0: Uh, Oh, I see. I didn't remember the multi-bear thing, but I was like, Hmm, if I was a person that was not in a happy marriage and there was a claymation cyclops in the picture, okay. uh, what, what would be uh, the, the logistics here? And, and I was like, listen, it just seems like the cyclops is a little bit aggressive. Uh, you know, they seem very likely to kill Dipper and the group. But and that feels...
1: Bear or Multi Bear had great yeah. taste in music. That's true, and and was I bet kind Rob... of sensitive
0: Robbie also likes music. So maybe yeah. the Multi Bear and Robbie is not the worst. Uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Made that we could have here, um, and, and and listen. I just feel like, and I said this in the stream, you don't want to have to fix anybody, whether it be a claymation cyclops. And the multi-bear seems pretty together. Yeah, honestly, uh, they do. But honestly, the multi-bear would probably have to fix Robbie. And that's not something that we want for the multi-bear.
1: That's a good point. We don't want that for the multi-bear. Multi-bear is too good for Robbie.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad that we explored this. But I think overall, we're probably landing on Robbie and the multi-bear, not a shippable couple. So, we get to the second half of our episode. Mabel looks to Waddles, uh, who makes a sound, and I don't exactly know how Mabel lands on this conclusion, but she's like, who could be superficial and gothy enough for Robbie? And through the Waddles and goat combo, should be Tambry.
1: I mean, I, I it's not that I wouldn't understand that conclusion either.
0: Yeah, I, they seem, in theory, that they, they could make sense, I suppose.
1: She's kind and of profiling also, though.
0: It is also profiling. Um, <laughs> y- you don't always know. Listen, people are attracted to different things. Compatibility is complicated.
1: Yeah, uh, so when in doubt...
0: Force them to get together anyway and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, the Maple philosophy. Oh.
1: Uh,
0: so... The group is getting ready for the concert, or at least, uh, I guess, in concert prep mode. And Dipper has come up with a great way to get cheap snacks into the concert by taping them all to Thompson's body. Poor Thompson. Uh, And Lee, one of the teenagers, says, kid, looking at Dipper, I sense greatness in you. And you get this picture that Dipper is feeling like he's part of the group by, you know, sort of throwing another member of the group under the bus. But I don't have to explore that too far oh
1: my Uh, god i totally agree
0: and tambry gets a text message that says you me date bring that sweet sweet vibe
1: okay can i just say if i got a text like that i would never in a million years go alone to that location are you out of your goddamn mind that's how you get murdered (laughs)
0: right tambry of all people to spend all this time on your
1: phone uh, yeah like you you should know better
0: wouldn't you know a scam text or something that seems like Super it might be creepy? a little suspicious? Dude, I don't know. even
1: if that is a guy, that's just a creepy thing to say.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> also, Mabel, come on. Isn't Dude, I know. Uh,
0: no but tact. She, but she waits at the diner with Robbie at the booth. Uh, at least
1: it was a public place.
0: It was a public place. Um, And... Tambry and Robbie just have a very awkward interaction where, you know, Robbie says, oh, yeah, classic Tambry, always using your phone, and Tambry's posting on social media about how terrible this date is. Um, And in comes a shouting man called the Love God, who we got teased with earlier in the episode as being some kind of musical artist. And he just starts making people fall in love with some magic in his hands. Uh, And he's very, very... um, How do you say this? Uh up front, just shout, love is real and it's in your face. And I don't know. Love is
1: real and it's in your face.
0: He's setting a lot of people up, that's for sure.
1: Hold on, I have to look up something about the love god, but I'm gonna mute myself for a second, you continue.
0: Yeah, please do. So Mabel sees this happening, is like, I need to know how this works. She goes right up and asks his secret. Um, and he just totally gives away, well, I'm kind of a cherub. Shows off his wings. And he says, now that the internet does my job for me, uh, I've taken some time to focus on my rock career instead. Uh, Mabel asks, could you make a snake and a badger fall in love? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Looks outside and makes a snake and a badger fall in love. And uh, Mabel is amazed. So he has love potions for summer love, young love, anti-love. And he says, all you need is a little on your fingers and goes to the potions. So she asked, I want to buy this. How much does it cost? Are squirrels a payment? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too many consequences. I can't just let you take on this kind of powerful responsibility. And in comes a person who just shouts, love God, sign my face. And he's like, only if you sign my baby. Let's get weird. Uh, so
1: anyway, Which we're getting a picture. pretty funny.
0: Yeah, we're getting a picture that the love God is not the most responsible person. Despite having this mad power and doesn't want Mabel to have it either, which is the right read. But also, it's not like he's in the best position to be making the right choices on who's going to fall in love. Um, But while he's distracted, Mabel totally just steals some of his potions. And uh, she puts it on Robbie and Tamri's food. And it works. All of a sudden, they seem very in love. And something that is kind of a cute moment, Tamri is kind of like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to put away my phone for this. And I liked that moment for her, even if it was sort of as a result of a type of brainwashing, you know?
1: <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. Okay. I found it. Sorry. Okay. So there were, first of all, did you recognize the voice? I, this isn't the thing that I was looking up, but uh, did you recognize the voice actor for The Love God?
0: Uh, actually, it didn't sound familiar off the top of my head. was really? it? Really?
1: Dude, it's Joan DiMaggio.
0: Oh. Well he's an amazing voice actor who's done all yeah. kinds of things, but I think he's good at changing his voice a lot to where you may not notice. It, it him didn't by the
1: way. sound like his other his other things. But yeah, for those that don't know, that's Jake the Dog and Bender from Futurama. Yeah. And um and also, did you notice the symbol that he was wearing around his neck? They were wearing around their neck, I should say.
0: Oh, uh, the love of God. Um, no.
1: So if you notice it's a female and a male sign that are like linked together. Mm-hmm. And what it used to be in the storyboard was, it was like a trans symbol, pretty much. Oh, okay. So it was kind of censored out from being as explicitly that, but that's the origin of that symbol, which I think is very cool.
0: Wow, I had no idea about that trivia. Um, they, I, I love the Gravity Falls creators. They tried to get so many things in there, and they they couldn't get away with a lot of it, but I'm glad that at least there's a kind of a nugget. Probably not as much as we would have liked to have been able to see, but it's yeah. okay.
1: Me too, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, they wanted to they wanted to make it a little bit less clear when it aired. Who knows what i have gone through now?
0: All right. Well, uh, no. Thanks for sharing that. Meanwhile, Wendy asks the group, "You ready for the best and most overpriced day of our summer?" Uh, which yes, relatable. Yes. That facts facts. They're waiting for Tambry, but Mabel comes on in and is like, well, I'm afraid she's a little busy at the moment. And this just sets off a chain of events uh, where Nate, who likes Tambry, is super upset and says, oh my gosh, Robbie knew and dated her anyway. And now Lee is mad, his best friend, that Nate told Robbie and not him. Wendy is mad that Tambry is dating the Rex. Uh, And it's just an entire mess.
1: Yeah, and honestly, my first perspective was just kind of like, I mean, honestly, who gives a crap if that actually did happen and there wasn't any manipulation going on? Oh wait, you still missed the part where Mabel drugs them.
0: No, I said it.
1: Uh, oh, yo, yeah. Mabel drugs them.
0: Well, okay, she put. I said that she put potion on their food. That's basically.
1: Yeah, but rich. like, that's you so bad. A,
0: you want to make a bigger deal about the fact? Yes. That.
1: Okay, it's so horrible that is a horrible thing that's like spiking molly in your friend's drink because you think Whoa. that it's gonna make them fall in love that's just totally messed up no i okay. do not support Rachel in that i would take away points from her in this contest if i could because of this episode
0: yeah uh, i that's would cool. agree that uh putting any kind of a substance to try to make people act a certain way is definitely not something that we want to condone on this podcast uh nor do we want to ever see happen on gravity falls
1: no, so, Mabel, Mabel, L's for Mabel. Not a good one. <laughs>
0: uh, so, th- this sets off, right, this chain of events where nobody's happy with each other. They don't want to go to the concert anymore. Dipper is bummed. Thompson is mad, too, because he's like, wait, this group is all I have. Um, So, Dipper tells Mabel, like, I tried to warn you about this. Is there a potion that we can use to, like, undo this whole thing? That gives her an idea. And uh, she gets the uh, the the inkling we should go steal another potion and reverse it. Uh,
1: yes, which is what you should do, to be honest.
0: You think so at that point?
1: Absolutely, dude. Give yeah. them Narcan.
0: Yeah, it's like you don't want to completely like take the autonomy away forever,
1: dude. Yeah, like you can't you can't start a relationship under the pressure of precedent like that.
0: Well, let me tell you this. Uh, we actually, there's a very interesting uh, insight in Journal 3, and I'm going to skip ahead to the Journal 3 part. Um, turns out, and we got to say, Mabel did not know this ahead of time. She writes about it in the journal later. Whoa, I didn't know it, but it turns out that these potions only work for three hours. Uh, so the fact that Robbie and Tambry are still in love after that is like, whoa, I guess they actually do like each other because the potion wore off and they decided to stay together.
1: I still um, hate
0: that. Yeah, I know.
1: That's but still I just, condoning. The context I hate is that important so much. Uh, that
0: still did, doesn't
1: help.
0: She did question. Uh oh, I wonder what's happening with that snake and badger.
1: Oh no! Yep, oh, they aren't in that, love anymore. That's problematic. That badger might not be around, or the snake not be might not be around. Badgers are. Badgers are pretty feisty.
0: They are it's a stiff competition. Yeah. Um, so they we still for some reason they go to the concert venue on the outside but don't go in and the plot is supposed to be we're not going to go to this thing but we still went to the front so that's a little confusing
1: oh i mean honestly knowing teenagers going to events that just makes sense
0: true oh one thing that i wanted to mention uh as dipper and mabel are having this conversation it's all very intense and serious and then she's like oh also you're not pulling off that v-neck and he goes i know
1: I thought that was so sad for him, too! Yeah,
0: dude, you're, you I are work. healing for all these Mabel. characters this episode. Mabel! What? <laughs>
1: Mabel, what are you doing? We what love you. you? Ma- Mabel uh, is not having a good day. In my no. book. In my little notebook right here. Uh, outside the
0: concert hall, uh, if you want to call it a hall, uh, Stan and Seuss are working together on a project for some kind of balloon stunt. Stan says he needs more kerosene. That's all we get for now. Um, that's all we well, then, need that's all we need uh thompson is trying to talk the group back into going to the concert it's like we're here like tickets are 100 bucks i sold my watch god poor thompson uh
1: yeah man i'm like god why did nobody help him
0: yeah that, that sucks um robbie and tambry walk by in love and dipper and mabel try to find the love god they see his van behind the venue this is a questionable scene i want to get your thoughts on it uh, two groupies in the van.
1: Oh, he's having uh, an orgy 100%. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, perhaps the first question. And then they ask him... Skip ahead if you're worried about adult content here. They, he asks them to rub his hair, like, wildly. <laughs> Do I need to say anything? Maybe I don't need to say anything.
1: I don't know what your question
0: well, it, it seems as though the fact that we get a lot of rave symbolism in this episode, there's a lot of people with glow sticks and things of that nature. Yeah. That there might be a bit of an implication here about...
1: He's, he's, feeling, feeling the head scratchies is really nice, especially for some reason.
0: For some reason. That's for some reason.
1: Saying. Yeah. I, I think they might be really nice. I like head scratchies. Just regular. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I, I think I he just... might like him a little more, though. You're not wrong. Yeah,
0: I think that, there, yeah, there might be a special reason that he likes him.
1: Yeah, um, I think he's been tapping them love potions.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. There's subtext. I was surprised that that got in there,
1: to be honest. Um, yeah, but... Alex Hirsch was quoted as saying that the love god is like a sloppy, slurry, maybe drunk. What was it? Wait, I had, I had it up here. JK, I lost it. Oh, well. <laughs> but basically, Alex Hirsch designed this character very intentionally. Yeah.
0: And that he goes to his set, and these people leave, and uh, Mabel once again steals a potion. But not for long, because the love god does come back and realizes, oh, you're the one that's been stealing my stuff. And she's like, listen, I made a mistake, I have to fix it. And he's like, look, I have an oath as a god, can't let you do this. Uh... But by that time, she's already run away. I would
1: just like to say anyone that I've met that rolls around in a van van like that would not be that cool about stealing their potions.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Actually, he was pretty cool about it. He
1: He He was pretty cool about it. I thought the Love God ended up being a somewhat chill individual.
0: Yeah, you know, they're like, look, I get why you want to do this, but it's a bad idea. Trust me
1: yeah uh, he's like yeah, not even i should do this which i kind of yeah. like i like his perspective like dude honestly not, not not even really i should be doing this
0: right uh we do get a chase though because he's got to go after him when they run uh dipper takes the potion onto stage with i think it's the handlebar bros is the name of this folk band which again oh, is yeah. very
1: funny to me that's so funny they say i must ask you a question
0: or i must ask you to move yeah
1: yeah that's <laughs> right I'd take that's pretty, it, good. That was pretty good that's uh, pretty good Yeah,
0: Dipper and Mabel start crowd surfing. Love God sort of swims his way through. Again, we see all these glow sticks and kind of some rave symbolism. Uh, Cherub uses his tiny wings, which he hasn't used, he says, in quite some time. Uh, We see the guy who sold waddles to Mabel drinking
1: this hippie tea, and he looks over and sees the cherub flying and then he puts down uh, he dumps out the hippie tea okay the fact that it just says hippie tea in big bold letters on the on the like otherwise unlabeled glass jar is so effing funny and the Uh, fact that the guy saw a flying person and then dumped it out after i'm like dude this is just oregon country fair like
0: i look (laughs) they went hard this episode went hard in a lot of ways. Again, not my favorite episode. I feel like there were a lot of, like, things that were not the best ethically were also maybe just, like, lazily
1: written. But I agree have some with things you. in there. I hate how funny this episode was because I kind of agree that this kind of is a sloppy episode in a lot of ways. But, like, I, I'm i not going to say that I did not laugh my ass off. Like, I'm going to show that scene to my girlfriend when she comes home. (laughs) well there's yeah again lots of humor in here
0: uh and we'll, we'll get to more of it here in a second um the love god in order to get this potion back unleashes these visions of heartbreak past to mabel which at first it seems like oh he's trying to like traumatize her and make her sad about her heartbreak no it's all of these old crushes coming and being like oh we actually love you and she's eating it up and is very easily persuaded to get rid of the potion
1: which is pretty funny that she's just like, oh, hey, hallucination boyfriends, let's go. I'm kind of like, yo, that's very at least totally on brand for Mabel. I can't knock him for character development, per, uh, like for character consistency, rather. That is true. Uh,
0: and then we get the best scene of the episode. Uh, Stan and Seuss are trying to get their balloon ready. Oh my God. And as Seuss accidentally lets this thing go... We have this sign on the balloon that's supposed to say, I heart kids, with a big, like, face of Grunkle Stan. Which, can I just
1: say, I think that's worse than what ends up happening, even.
0: Wow, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that, but maybe. I think
1: Grunkle Stan doesn't understand how saved he just was from getting (laughs) cancelled.
0: That's a good interesting point. Uh, Two letters (laughs) fall off on the way up, and instead... There is now this giant, terrifying balloon of Grunkle Stan's face that says, I eat kids.
1: Which is so funny, also. The
0: the imagery is incredible. It's so funny. I don't know if it is better than this in the show. They
1: barely touch on the screen time with these characters the whole episode, so this really feels like it comes the heck out of nowhere. And it's so funny that it happens that way.
0: I totally agree. The kids see it, they're like, it says, I eat kids we're kids and this is where we get it's heaven's punishment for our terrible taste in everything that's where i was like okay okay i know
1: i was just like i just hate it because it's always such an easy joke like anytime i hear someone that's like oh the new generation these days just has bad I'm like oh god have you never heard anybody say that before you really think that's true better line though
0: mommy is the floating head gonna eat us
1: Yes, Charlie.
0: Yes, yes he will. A, yes, he will.
1: That is the best line. That was my favorite line, dude. That was so funny. I, I was know. dying cuz it's it's that's just, just so so comedic for a parent to not at all try to calm their children. Yeah, he's
0: just like, "We're about to die, kid."
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. and this giant balloon <laughs> approaches this mother and child on fire with this epic like resounding score music
1: yeah they made uh, it really big they made it feel huge you're right it's so funny
0: and uh at this moment this is when we see mabel give the potion to the love god and he says only a greater being from the heavens themselves could stop me a god and in comes stans head yeah uh crashes in they get the maybe
1: maybe even arguably foreshadow
0: that's true. And oh, who's this again? It's Robbie's funeral director parents. Oh, I hope someone didn't die. Yes, that would be awful.
1: Okay, that one I had more questions about. That one Okay, again everybody, the second half of this episode was just not a normal cartoon. Like the first was like normal gravity falls. This was like bad gravity falls.
0: They went so hard, dude. Like I loved it. I mean I did it, too. I love any time they take risks creatively, you know, when they're willing to push the envelope on what's considered, you know, age appropriate or uh, anything like that. And they're still able to get through the sensors. Um, So, yeah, incredible. Stan and Seuss walk up to the wreckage. Stan says, ah, you know, in my day, Zeppelins fell from the sky like raindrops. Uh, The kids see...
1: Questionable, uh, also.
0: These teenagers, they all see Grunkle Stan and they scream because they see the resemblance to the balloon <laughs> and it's like you know being loved by kids is overrated being feared is priceless
1: questionable also
0: also questionable i would not agree uh i don't know uh if you want to be somebody who is feared by children
1: you know i think it, it depends scared. on your perspective
0: i guess don't leave them alone um So, Mabel and Dipper are actually worried that they killed the love god. Or, I guess not that they killed him, but that he's dead by Um,
1: That's true. They're like, please be immortal, please be immortal.
0: Yeah, and he's okay.
1: Yeah, that's
0: Uh, true. He sort of rants a little, but he's like, look, if you want to mess with people's lives, if you want to play god, do it. Uh, And Mabel and Dipper go to do it. Uh, Yeah. Not for long, though. Uh, Because before Mabel sprays Robbie and Tamri, uh, Robbie very gently and kindly comes up. And thanks her for making him so happy. Um, And Mabel realizes that playing with people's fates only makes things worse. Finally, maybe. Now, I'm going to call it out. If we have another episode where Mabel does this again, I'm going to say, okay, you officially didn't learn your lesson.
1: So here's the problem that I have, is that she decided that after having drugged someone in... They're still presumably under the influence of what you've done. You do have a responsibility to undo this. You have no idea what technically you've done to their brains. And if this is the one thing that can undo it, you absolutely have a responsibility to do it. Even this is n- drug- Even if you're drugging them again. It's not a drug. It's a cure.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's
1: completely different. different if you're going to undo what you did versus get them high on something else.
0: Right uh interesting well regardless uh says, you you know they do sort of make sense together but what about our friend group now mabel says oh maybe it'll sort itself out and at the end of the day thompson is running away from security and they all bond over that and sort of cheer him on like way to fight the machine
1: thompson he does well he gets like uh, okay look maybe cut this joke but i was like nothing like police brutality to bring together american friends
0: uh, you know, I feel like if people have made it this far, they, they probably know what to expect from you. Oh, but,
1: no. Uh, I start. mean, <laughs> but, like, like, he literally gets beaten up by the cops. And then they're like, yay, we're friends again. I'm like, what am I watching?
0: Yeah, dude, this episode is cracked. Like, from start to finish, <laughs> cracked. Uh, for, all <laughs> reasons, oh, no. for all kinds of reasons. For all kinds of reasons. Oh, my love, God. And then literally the, the end credits are just a montage of uh, waddles and gompers in love. So, there's Dude, that.
1: This is this was insane. This one was insane. I had a great time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's maybe one of the worst episodes of the show.
1: But, I think it might be two, potentially.
0: But it was still fun to watch. But I had a good
1: time. It. It, it was one of the worst, but not one of the least enjoyable to watch.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um... So, I already talked about Journal 3. Uh, that I feel like that really is the big takeaway. Uh, however, I do like the entries for this episode. They're fun because there's also a great picture of the Stan balloon. <laughs> uh And, that. again, I don't think that we learn much more about it from that. Uh, just, you know, I guess uh, there's a note here. Call me crazy, but I keep thinking I'm seeing these government agents everywhere. Maybe I just feel guilty for letting them get eaten by zombies. So this is actually Dipper saying, I feel like I saw people in the crowd that might be government agents, implying that they are still over here watching Gravity Falls after everything that's happened. So I guess oh, that's, that is important.
1: That's actually really cool. I like that.
0: Um, after this horror show crashed, Blubbs and Durland, the cops of Gravity Falls, shot at it for about 10 minutes to make sure it was dead. Then children stopped on it and spat on its face. On the bright side, Robbie's parents seem delighted by it. They creep me out almost as much as the head.
1: I'd just like to say my per- police brutality joke stands.
0: It's fair. And uh, <laughs> even though you like blubs and
1: Durland as the cops. I mean, they, st- hey, they made the joke. They shot it for 10 minutes to make sure it was dead. What other joke is that?
0: Ah, uh, well, look, that's in Journal three. 3. Not- it is chaos. I didn't but- write it. I know. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Stan still thinks that all press is good press, so it seems like the balloon idea seems fine to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's kind of uh,
1: weirdly true.
0: Yeah, so, uh, basically, Mabel just speculates that she's the greatest matchmaker ever because Robbie and Tambry stayed together, even though the potion only lasted for three hours. So, uh, Mabel still feels like she did a great thing. Terrible. Uh, terrible. (laughs) Anyway. Wow. Who are your character points for this episode? The mystery flag.
1: Dude, I definitely gave two to Thomas just because I want them to get better.
0: Oh, that's what I did last time, but this time I went a different route.
1: And then I gave one to Grunkle Stan for terrifying the people.
0: Oh my god, that's so funny! For some reason, I didn't even think about Grunkle Stan in my ratings. Really, which I It Feels like he was the easy two point episode because of how funny all of that was.
1: Really, I genuinely—I I made a—I jo- just made a joke about Thomas, but I actually did like him as a character, and I thought his commitment to wanting to keep his friend group together was very sweet.
0: Nice, yeah. that's the reason I, I gave it to him last time too. I think. And um, for me, you're gonna hate this probably. Uh, I gave two to Robbie and one for Tambry and wow
1: i don't hate you for that that's really sweet
0: okay it's because a at the end of the day it was definitely ethically questionable how they got to this point but that moment of humanity where robbie really was happy and i felt like we got character development from him uh and also on this podcast we rag on robbie a lot
1: yeah we do i actually was thinking about that i'm like honestly for how much i take a dump on robbie it's kind of refreshing for him to get some points i'll get i'll chalk it up i'm happy to see him happy Even if it was under questionable circumstances.
0: And even Tambra, the only thing we've ever seen from her is that she's obsessed with her phone. And she got a break from that and learned a little bit uh, about, you know, the benefits of, like, genuine social connection. And uh, at the end of the day, I guess I was happy for them and decided, you know what, they get my points. Even if the way that we got here was a little
1: bit weird. Look, I'm always happy to see people happy, but, like, don't, don't, like... Just let... Just don't get involved in it. I mean, that was the moral... At least the moral of the episode was don't get involved with other people's business. You know? That is true. At the end
0: of the day, that is what we They got did from. have
1: the right moral. They just did it in the most, like, immoral way to get there possible.
0: Absolutely fair. <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and say what the cryptograms were first, because Journal 4 tends to be a lengthier discussion. Uh, the end credits cryptogram is simply I eat kids.
1: Hilarious.
0: Uh... Th- There's also a wild one throughout the episode. We get these bottles that have different ciphers on them. And eventually, if you put them all together, you eventually uh, land on Goat and a Pig. So I feel like I would be so frustrated if I was the person who went to the trouble to find all of these things, put it together, and all you gave me was Goat and a Pig.
1: Wow. Honestly, it's pretty funny, though.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a troll move. Uh, it is a
1: very troll move. Somebody goes through all that. I mean, it's at least a related to the story bit.
0: It, that's true. And on the very last page, uh, when they do that, you know, not the proper end credits, but just that last three second bit. Uh, this this is interesting. At the play or at the fair, I always see them standing there. Dressed in black, they're on my lawn. But when I turn my head, they're gone.
1: That's so, creepy
0: another reference to the security agents that have allegedly been around Gravity Falls during this time, so, which That's is again corroborated by Journal 3. So I, I bet if you watched the episode, I would not be shocked if you were actually able to see them. Uh, I almost wish that I, now I had gone back and looked for that. Um, That's cool. Hey, Discord, if you're still listening and you want to uh, take a let look, us know, let us in the Discord for that. Um, Cool. So Journal 4, uh, you talked about wanting to induct cherubs uh, into this one. Do you yeah. have, like, a real case for the possibility of cherubs being a real cryptid that either have existed or could exist?
1: Sure, right? I mean, under the perspective of something like angels, I'm thinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, first of all, before we go this route, are we going with cherub or cupid specifically? That makes I a think, difference.
0: I would say cherub broadly, but you're welcome to factor cupid into it if you'd like.
1: Okay, because to me... If we're looking into like gods and goddesses and all that stuff, there's a good chance that there's some like ex, you know, like otherworldly stuff going on. And having some sort of like angelic, you know, like some sort of being that is sort of there to usher. I mean, if we're going the angel route cuz I would say that cherubs would fall under the angel category, right?
0: Um, I'd say so. Now, you knew what they were coming in Cherub does not necessarily just mean, um, a being that can help you fall in love, right? It is more along the lines of just angels, but this cherub happens to have love powers, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think, let me just double check, but I thought cherub was a Christian, uh, yeah, Yeah, angelic being, I thought it was from, or it's from, uh, Arabic? Um, I am not- Oh, wow, derived from a form of Akkadian. Wow,
0: uh, yeah, it's- Described in biblical tradition as attending on God, it is represented in ancient Middle Eastern art as a lion or bull with an eagle's wings and a human face, and regarded huh. in traditional Christian angiology as an angel of the second highest order of the ninefold celestial hierarchy. So you want yeah, something what I about it every day. Uh, yeah,
1: so um, if we're going with like heavenly beings and stuff like that, I mean... Shoot, dude! I mean, I could see it. (laughs) I mean, I think that there could definitely be some sort of uh, system of life that exists to usher some sort of bizarre experience that we're completely unfamiliar with.
0: I think that that was so beautifully said. Um, (laughs) You know what's interesting? It's Obviously, uh, when you get into something like this, I almost feel like you're towing the line into religion if you're starting to think about it. Oh, well, I mean,
1: religion is just worshipping those things that we don't understand, isn't it?
0: Right. So, and and that's what I was (laughs) going to say is, you know, it might be that the one that we just described is like a Christian version of what this is, but there's a lot of other religions that see it in another way. Uh, Yeah, I'd
1: imagine that religions are like putting, you know, like our own human interpretation of something. But if something like that were to exist, it's probably, its system is probably like somewhat like what our idea is, but probably not very close. Sure. You know. uh, so, I mean, based on the logic that you use, yeah, why not? I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I think right? there's a lot of
0: things out there that we're just never going to be able to understand. And this is towing the line of, oh, this might even be something that, like, has afterlife connection. Something, yeah, that's you know. what I was
1: thinking, because I've read about a lot of near-death experiences. And, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, a lot of people will report angels and, in, in like, family, you know, with wings and stuff as a near-death experience. Yeah. Um, so I think there could be something to that. Sure. Well, you know what? Out of all the things that we've talked about,
0: some of them just sound completely unbelievable. Most of the times we're talking about cryptids that are literally, like, potentially walking the Earth. And I yeah. feel like those are hard because yeah. you not really got to sell me that that is something that could really be happening. And most yeah. of the time, the stuff that's more metaphysical, I almost see is more likely simply totally. because we have less information to know whether it's realistic or not.
1: Well, in, in my opinion, the chances that a lot of these beings are, like, like, from a parallel dimension that's, like, next to us, but we just can't see it, rather than it being, like, physical, is more likely in a lot of cases. Right, and
0: you would think it would be the reverse. Like, I can understand people being like, oh, it's way more likely if I can see it with my eyes if it's on, like...
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, it's more... I don't know. There's so many things that we can't see with our eyes, though.
0: Well, in my opinion, by definition, of being able to see it with our eyes, potentially, is what makes those things less likely. Because if we could, why haven't we yet?
1: yeah that's what Uh, i think too right
0: right it's like why and sure a lot of cryptids like the okapi for example was not discovered for many years coelacan was caught after the fact like there are definitely cryptids that have been found and probably will be found again um but i think that usually those are less likely because we have so much technology now to be able to capture things like that
1: yeah um you 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 don't think there's a lognus monster alec did i just catch uh, him?
0: no, actually, I would say that I strongly believe there is probably some sea monsters somewhere, considering how much of the ocean is unexplored. I oh, don't. But I mean, in the lake Loch Ness. If there was, I think by now it might have died out. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know about
1: that one. I, I don't uh, think there would have been. I would believe that there might be some deep water species. The problem is most deep water fish are actually not all that large, because it wouldn't make sense for them to be large.
0: Yeah uh and that's true we know that there have been gigantic squids you know that have been found
1: yeah yeah me being an experienced marine biologist over here definitely don't know what i'm talking about
0: (laughs) well that's the thing right is uh with the ocean being so vast we may not be marine biologists we may not know what is really possible but i have to think that there are tons of uh, at least undiscovered creatures so with how far we're not able to get who's to say that they couldn't be gigantic
1: Yeah, that's Um, true. I guess there was, like, I guess if you want to say the Kraken's been proven in a manner of speaking.
0: Yeah, I would argue that, like, sea monsters are one of the most likely cryptids to exist because of how much harder they are to find.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and we actually have real-world examples of, like, enormous whales, enormous squid, crazy-looking alien fish that just look, like, so awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, you're right. I agree with that. Cool. Alright, well, dude, this was a great discussion today. Again, we didn't love the episode
0: even though we loved parts about it, but yeah. uh discussion was great.
1: Yeah, and I, I, the Love God, we didn't love the Love God episode, but I might love the Love God.
0: Nice. Well, on that note, this podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network as many other rewatches, the shows and movies you love on their feed. And uh, you can find more of Lucas and I, you can find more of Lou and I by watching Just a Rose Cartoon Theater on YouTube, you can also follow us on social media by clicking the links in the description uh, and description to the link of the JBC... What am I trying to say? The descri- In the description is the link to the JBCT Discord, and you can chat and share notes with other people about these podcasts and anything else about animation. So leave us those iTunes reviews, or, you know, honestly, apparently you can do that on Spotify too. Just leave five stars. That helps. Uh, thanks to Tessa Scarborough for the cover art. We'll see you all next week. Happy sleep.
1: Bye, Windows.